Wednesday. Hello. Hello. Hey. That's Dan. I'm Emily. <laughs> and, and this is David. David. Hey. And we're talking once again about hidden movement in board games. And where on Monday we sort of touched on different styles of hidden movement where you may not know something about your movement. Mysterious movement. Mysterious movement. I like I like that name. Thanks. In this one, we're going to be talking about things where some element of the game, a player piece or something else, is not represented on the board. My favorite genres, I'd say too. This is a, a mechanic that I adore. Yeah, I've I've only I've played a few times, not very many, but I've really enjoyed it as well. So, so tell us what what are we talking about? Give us give us the the base example of one of these games. There's inherent uh, things that I I think are really kind of neat with these hidden movement games is it's usually one versus many, which means one player will be moving around in secret, and they're they're sort of they have their tented fingers and they're the mastermind who's hiding oh, from everybody. Oh, the little I like that. Yeah. You, know, like you can get these little visors so that you can like look to the board and people won't be able to see where your eyes are looking so it doesn't give anything away. It's and so dramatic. They're being so clever too. You know, they think they're, they're fooling everybody, you know, sneaking past them or setting traps or anything like that. Um, and the other players on the other side are all just sort of bumbling around trying to find stuff. But eventually with these games, they usually get a whiff the person that they're hunting and there becomes a neat little sort of predator prey element to the game that i think is just a really fascinating thing behavior wise because it might be kind of boring for the first half for the the people just stumbling around trying to hopefully find something but then there's a moment of panic for the person who thought they were being all clever and then suddenly they're being chased after and they're getting close and mm-hmm. they they hear these other players at the table discussing well what if they were at b4 two seconds ago now they've moved on to maybe like like C7. Uh, where could they be? There's also nothing quite like the opposite of that feeling, which is being convinced you have found somebody. You know, being so sure collectively, because a lot of these games are one versus many. So, you know, three or four people being like, yes, 100%, you're right there. I know it. I see you. I know it. And then the next turn happens. And it's like, oh, how did you get... From that place I knew you were all the way to the other side of the board. <laughs> That's Maybe why I you weren't there to begin with. And you are full of doubt and shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so saving Fury for Friday, because it's a bit of a heftier game, Scotland Yard is probably the most uh, accessible example of one of these games, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it was the first one to really kind of put this mechanic to work. Oh, it's been around so for quite a while. Oh, yeah, I've, I've played that so much later um, than I should have, because by the time I'd played that game, there was all these other things that I really loved in the genre, and I was just kind of like, that. that's it, you know? It's a kid's game, it's easily accessible, it's just trying to you know, it's, hunt it's a person with like, moving around. It's always like, like you know... Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I'm having such a hard time with that sentence. Okay. It's always like presented as a kid's game, but I don't find it particularly easy. I think that kids might have a pretty hard time with it. No, I, it's it's definitely like a, an older generation of kids' game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's sort of like the kids who are like maybe 13, 14. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of, kind of perfect uh, being sneaky and being kind of able to figure things out and track and think like two moves ago they were here where could they be yeah it's, so uh, in, in scotland yard you're you're playing it's one versus many so one person is trying to get away from 
the cops of Scotland Yard who are everybody else. And this person, their movement is invisible. So you've got this map of London and you move. And if you are the criminal, you move around and you have these little tokens that say how you move. So when you're, you're the criminal and you're moving around, you'll write down your movements on your little special piece of paper and then you'll cover it with a token that tells what kind of movement it is. So you can either be um, in a taxi or you can be in a subway or you can be in a bus or you can be on foot. Yes, you can also walk. Uh, Mr. X can walk. Yeah. yeah, so Mr. X, the criminal, can walk. And that lets people know not where you are, but how you've moved since your last turn. Because, you know, a subway can only take you from a subway station to another subway station. But which one? And a bus can only take you along, you know, the pre-made bus routes. But which bus route? Which bus stop? And then periodically you get to just hide your movement completely and you get to move and show nothing. And then everyone else is trying to, like, run around, trying to catch you with the only data being not where you started... But how many spots you've moved, possibly? There's also like brief periods too, where Mr. X is like, "Oh, you know, just walking down the street here, and uh, oh crap, there's a camera there," and they get caught on camera, and there's sudden news reports and flashes that Mr. X was spotted in such and such Mm -hmm. a place. So uh, there's like spots that'll be not able to have a token on top of it that give away their location, maybe after they've done six moves or seven moves. Mm. And it's interesting too, again, just looking at dates. So 82, Scotland Yard comes out. 87, Fury of Dracula comes out. And no, Dan, we're not talking about that right now. That's for Friday. (laughs) And then after that, 1991 is Clue, the great museum caper. Um, And no game appears after that until 2011, as far as I can tell. At least of the games that we have set to talk about right today and on Friday. Uh, And the next one is Letters from Whitechapel which comes out in 2011, which is a long gap for what is a very cool concept for a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's funny too, because Clue, the great museum caper, uh, on paper at least, or at least the description of it, uh, sounds fantastic. Like a, yeah. the idea of thieves robbing a museum and you know one person being able to move after every time one of these uh, tired security guards looks around a corridor or checks the cameras or stuff like that. That just seems like a theme that is there should be more of. Uh, shamefully, I think. None of the three of us around the table has actually played it, which is a shame. Yeah. Oh, I don't believe out. there's a copy in the archives at Snakes, is there? Been out of print for years. Yeah. Like, that stops us. <laughs> well, sometimes it does, unfortunately. And as I was about to lead in to speak about Letters from Whitechapel, I realise I'm very slightly in error, because Nuns on the Run came out in 2010. My point still stands. Very close. That's still very 19 close. years of, of this type of game not showing up. Uh, but Nuns on the Run is a fantastic little game. I, I played it once, and I really got a kick out of it. Yeah, just uh, not even Catholic schoolgirls going out to smoke and, you know, hang out with boys uh, when they should be in their dormitories. And uh, the nuns who are hunting them down, preventing them from getting away. Uh, That's a good game with a big group. You need to have a big group with it, I think. Probably so. I played it with three, I think, and it wasn't... I I felt like it wanted more players. I've never played Nuns on the Run. For some reason, with its name, I always thought it was something about, like, runaway nuns. Like, nuns escaping their convent. Which, eh. But this theme actually appeals to me much more. Uh, my grandmother went to school in a convent because, you know, in small town Quebec, that's all you had, and nearly got kicked out for stealing her mother's car and crashing into a tree. She was the like inspiration could, of the I life. I feel like I could really connect. <laughs> but it is, yeah, you, you have to leave your, your... You have an assigned cell, and you have to run out of your cell and charge around, and you have to find a key, if I remember correctly, and then a subsequent item. 
Uh, so are you, you the nun or are you the schoolgirl? You're the schoolgirl. Yeah. And the, yeah, the nun because the nuns are on the board and the schoolgirls are not. Oh, okay. And uh, the nuns will move on a pre you you program them to follow one of several rotations or like security patrols that okay. they are walking around and when they turn around a corner or something like that obviously if they catch a glimpse of one of the schoolgirls they get placed out onto the board. And they've been seen, and get if they can be caught, they're escorted back to their cell and have to start again. So there can be a bit of backtracking in it, unfortunately. But it's it's a funny game. But Letters from Whitechapel, I know you've played that one, haven't you? Emily? I have, yes. So um, it's it's very similar to Scotland Yard, but instead of um being employees of Scotland Yard chasing this nameless criminal mastermind, you are Scotland Yard way back when trying to hunt down Jack the Ripper mm-hmm. as he leaves like bodies around. You know, like, can't find him, but you find corpses periodically. Yeah, well, because it takes place in four chapters, and each chapter begins with... uh, I mean, it can be a little bit of a morbid theme to to the wrong person, but each chapter begins with one of his historically committed murders. Mm -hmm. uh, Or which on the third night, I think it is, is actually two. Uh, And he begins at the murder point and has to race back across the board and get back to his home, which stays the same. And then the idea is that you, the policeman, when if they can arrest him... Or if they can stop him getting home within the time limit that he has for one night. It's shocking I haven't played this game because this is like a theme I'm super into, and uh, I've seen it for so many times on the wall. It's just it's weird doing these sorts of jobs where there's so things you want to play and you know you'd be into, but mm. you just never manage to get it on the table. And that's one for me. It's, I've I've always wanted to play letters from Whitechapel. I recommend it. I really enjoyed it when I played mm-hmm. it. I liked it too. That's it for today. Uh, Join us on Friday when we talk about some heftier hidden movement board games, including Dan's favorite. He's very excited. Mm -hmm. See you then.